0: Y'all ready to get in the Word this morning? Yes. Come on, that was 12 of y'all. I said, y'all ready to get in the Word this morning? Now, yes. right, for those of you new people, y'all just find out real quick, this is an interactive church. Uh, i like you to talk back to me. Don't, don't overshout me. I, I got to get the Word out this morning, but, but, but i like you talking back to me because stale quietness is not who I am. I am. I am wild about the things of God. I am bold in the Word of God. I, I don't mind you thinking I've lost my mind because I lost it a long time ago. It's okay. We're just honored to have you here with us this morning and ready to grow in the word. So get your Bibles out and turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. And while you're turning there, let me share with you why I'm going into this message today. And I can't tell you that I'm going to finish this message today because there's a lot of stuff in this message today. But God has been dealing with me about a word called sacrifice. This is a tough word because most people don't want to talk about this word because this means you have to give up something. And a lot of us think that, well, I've already given up enough. I've already given up enough. Well, have you really? Because here's the problem. We don't have a tendency to really understand what sacrifice is and what sacrifice brings. We just see sacrifice as a problematic space of you not being able to do what you want to do. Can I get an amen from somebody in the room? You all know, like parents, we sacrifice a lot for our kids, like sleep. Amen. Amen. All right. I play. Any of you dads play rotating musical beds throughout your house? Like, I get ready to go to bed because my wife goes to bed at 9.30, 10 o'clock, and I walk in the room, and one of my other children are in the bed, and I'm not climbing in that bed with her and the other child because that child sleeps like a, wh- a whirlwind. It just spins like this in the bed, and I don't, I don't sleep very heavy, so I'm like, I'll go find a twin bed. So I find my big old behind in a twin bed somewhere else in the house, and it's uncomfortable. It is not my bed, and I wake up in the morning like, Oh, God, Jesus, help me. And my kids are looking at me like, Good morning, Dad. <laughs> Say it again. Say it one more time, because you going to have to keep telling me for me to realize it's a good morning. I can't even feel my neck bones this morning. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, we, we make sacrifices. We, we give up things so that others, and, and then, we, then we go and complain about the sacrifice. See, see, like, like, like this, like uh, uh, my daughter, my, my, my 11-year-old, well, soon-to-be 11-year-old, uh, went to the, be- lived to the bedroom with my wife the other night to watch a movie with her, and, and I love it when my, when my wife and my daughter have mommy-daughter time. I, I need them to have that. I, there are questions that are about to come up in her life I can't answer, y'all, and, and I need them to have that connection. Can I get an amen from every dad in the room that has a little girl, okay? And, and so I, 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 she fell asleep in my bed, and, and, and she's a big girl, and so I, I'm like, no, I'm not crawling up in that bed. And the next morning, I, I wanted to be frustrated because I woke up with a crick in my back, and, and I slept on this twin mattress that's not holy and 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 my kids love it but I don't love it and 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 so I looked at her and and I found myself asking her did you sleep good now I'm going to be honest with you that question was not done out of love that question was made out of frustration did you sleep good I hope you did and she politely rolled over and looked at me and went yeah I did but I saw the satisfaction on her face And I understood that maybe, just maybe, I needed to sacrifice the moment and lose out so that she could gain. That maybe, just maybe, that was okay to take a moment and not get what I want so that others might get. Can I help you with why we have a problem with sacrifice? It's because we don't like others to get. We want it ourselves. So let me open up with this scripture that I hope we will be able to get through, but if we don't, we'll finish it next week. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. If you underline in your Bibles, underline in your Bibles. If you highlight in your Bibles, highlight in your Bibles. If you write notes next to a scripture, write notes next to this one, because this one, I promise you, will help you grow in your walk as a believer and see how God sees you each and every day. It says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2 out of the New King James Version. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is what good, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the church said, amen. Most of us said, what did he just say? Because let's be honest for just a moment. Most of the times when we hear scripture, we have a tendency to say amen, but we do not realize what was just said. So in order to break it down a little bit further, I'm going to pull out the amplified version for you this morning. It says it this way. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as living sacrifices, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of god is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and his purpose for you still you're going but pastor what does that mean for me well let let me let me break it down a little bit further let me give you the definition of what the word sacrifice really means because most of us see the word sacrifice and you see yourself sleeping in a twin bed Most of you see the word sacrifice and you see yourself not having what you want. Most of you see your word sacrifice and realize that you have to lose more in order to gain more, and you don't want to lose more, so you just want to gain, so you just refuse to do it completely. The word sacrifice is defined as this, the surrender or destruction of something prized or desirable for the sake of something considered as having a higher or more pressing claim. Can I read that to you one more time? The surrender, watch, or destruction of something prized or desirable for the sake of something considered as having a higher or more pressing claim. When I read that definition, this is what hit me. The reason that we have a problem with sacrifice is because we deem ourselves more worthy than God. We have placed ourselves higher than God, and therefore we refuse sacrificial living. We say, God, I don't see you in that picture of you being better than me, so I refuse to give up what you're asking of me. Or let me hold on to it a little bit longer, because I think I can make it work better than you can. The word sacrifice and offering appear more than 1,500 times in the Bible. Three times as often as the word love. Three times as often as the word faith. Faith. But most of us deep down are, are always well aware that there are items in our lives we need to sacrifice in the sense of getting rid of something. You know, you know it's like if, if I want to lose weight, I'm going to sacrifice from McDonald's and get amen from somebody. Some of y'all look at me like yeah, I've lost my mind. I know what you do. Don't, don't think I don't know. I didn't get this way just because I looked at food. Amen. So, so, so I, I, know, I know the sacrifice, but we, we see it as a sacrifice of I'm going to do this to get this. Think about it. I'll give up this so I can get this. I'll give up this. We treat God as a trade-off. Well, God, if I do this, then you have to do something back. And if you don't do something back, I quit. Come on, don't look at me like a calf looking at a new gate this morning. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like you're bewildered by what I just said because we've all done it. God, if I fast for 21 days, I expect this. God goes, if you fast for 21 days, I'm still going to be God. How about that? Because I told you in the Bible to pray and fast. I didn't make this up. This isn't some new game to me. This was written a long time ago. You've just been ignoring that sacrificial space of your own existence. You need to read your word. I don't have time to read my word. That's That's a wrong attitude. You're lacking sacrifice. I don't have time to pray. You're lacking sacrifice. I don't have time to love my spouse. You're lacking sacrifice. I don't have time to tend to my children. You're lacking sacrifice. It says raise a child in the way they should go, and when they get older, they won't depart from it. It didn't say just take on the title of dad. It said raise them, spend time with them learn them, help them, encourage them, strengthen them, edify them, lead them, direct them the same way God has done for you. He says, make a sacrifice. But the problem is, is that we are all chasing our own trophies. We are all chasing the satisfaction of first place and we refuse to allow others to win. Can I tell you something that always boggles my mind? You ever watch the special Olympics? Ever seen like a video or something special Olympics? They're running and one falls. And every one of them stops, turns around, and goes and picks them up and says, I'm not crossing the finish line till you cross it. Can, can I just say this? Maybe we wouldn't be in the condition we are in this country right now if we would learn sacrifice. Uh, maybe, maybe if we were willing to come in second and let others come in first, maybe, just maybe, we might succeed as a people. But everybody's chasing the trophy because everybody wants to be in the spotlight. Everybody wants to be claimed as perfect. Everybody wants to be seen as having it all together. What if you don't? What if you have nothing but you have God? What if you have nothing but you have heaven and eternity? What if you don't have the big car, the nice house, the, 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 I mean, the, the nice car and the big house, amen, or you can have the big car too, but, but you, you, you know, the nice car and the big house and the perfect family, look, I don't care what you post on social media, I know the truth. Because I can post a picture of my family on Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you're like, wow, his family's so great, look how perfect they are, and I'm going, but you didn't see the hell we went through to make that picture. You didn't see the faces I made in my kid, the yelling I made. The, I'm going to beat you when we're done. You better get over here and take this picture and smile. This is Asher's smile when he smiles. I'm like, bro, you look like you're in pain right now, man. What's wrong? Like, son, like. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, son, let's get to this. All right. So, so you know, people see that stuff. I remember we went to a restaurant one time, and, uh, hmm, and, and we got to the table and we're sitting there and we're praying. We prayed over the food. And the lady comes right. She's like, I just want to tell you what a perfect family you have. My wife and I looked at each other when she walked away and just started dying laughing. Like, boy, if she only knew what we went through to get up into this restaurant today, if she knew what it took for us to leave Slidell and drive to Baton Rouge and end up here today, Lord help us, Jesus. She would not have been seen. So she'd be like, Man, I'm praying for y'all. I'll be praying for y'all, but, but, but this, this, this thing that we're stepping into this, this space of sacrificial living my God, like we, 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 we act like we've, we've done it, but the truth is that we're missing it. At one level, we get the concept of sacrifice, but most of the time we don't even much care for it. Come on. Anybody like, Hey, pastor, sign me up for sacrifice. I want to do that today. Man, come on, anybody's, no, see, none of y'all raise your hand right there, like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Pastor, you have not convinced me yet, and you've been talking for 15 minutes, and you still have not convinced me that I'm a in sacrifice. Because this is something we've been cultured not to do. No, I'm not giving up nothing. I'm keeping everything. It's mine. Then what's God's? Hmm. Maybe we think sacrifice is nothing more than a way to get God to make things go our way. I'll give up this, God, if you do that for me. I'll give up this, but you need to get me the grade, the job, or the partner. I'll give up this, but, God, you need to give me the house, the car, or more money in my bank account. Can I just say this to you? How many of y'all like a new house? Be honest. Like a new house. How many of y'all like a new car? How many of y'all like more money in the bank? Y'all all lying if you're not raising your hands right now. No, that's, that's fleshly things, Pastor, and I'm of the Spirit. Okay, let me say this to you. I would like a nice house. I'd like a nice car. I'd like more money in the bank. That's not a bad thing to want, but it cannot be my God. Okay, but how do you get all three of those things? It's a little word called stewardship. And stewardship can also be translated as sacrifice. Because to be a steward of something, you have to give up something in order to put yourself in alignment to handle it correctly. That was a sidebar, not even a note. That was just a little bit of encouragement for you. You want more money, be a steward of what he gave you. You want a better car, be the steward of the one he gave you. You want a bigger house, be the steward of the one he gave you. He's not going to give you a four-bedroom house if you can't keep the two-bedroom clean. He's not going to give you the nice car if you can't keep the Pinto running. He's not going to put more money in your bank if you keep squandering off it anything you like. Oh, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this. Okay. Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest for a second. So many times that's how we operate. God, I'll do 21 days of prayer and fasting, but I'm praying and fasting that you're going to do this. Rather than, God, I'm praying for 21 days and fasting for 21 days so I can be in alignment with what you have for me. And whatever that is, that means if you don't do a doggone thing for me as long as you and I are closer, I'm good. Because I know if I lean into you and seek you and I understand where you're headed, I know that everything that you have for me will come into my life in it's right assignment and right timing, and I'm good with that. I'm okay. You might, can, I, God, can, I just, can I give you a praise report real quick? I, I, I'm, I, this is a praise report for me. It might not be a praise report for you, but maybe you'll shout for my, prayer, my praise report. So I got hit last week. I, got, I, bought a, I bought a new Jeep. I bought a new car. I finally bought a new car. For 15 years, I bought a new car. For those of you going, oh, I to get a new car. 15 years, Jack. 120,000. That's the third hand-me-down I've had. All right. So now I got a new car. And, and, and it's a used car, but it's a new car. It's my nice, pretty white Jeep. And I like my Jeep. we went out of vacation with my jeep and we were at a gas station in my jeep and some person and i'm saying that with love (laughs) who didn't mean to but did launched their ram dodge their dodge ram into the front of my jeep jesus why i wanted to be angry i wanted to be mad and then i saw how elderly the people were in the car and i completely felt convicted at that moment and started to be loving and understanding. And she kept loving and going, thank you so much for understanding. I hear this thing in the back of my voice that you didn't start that way, Brian. And, uh, and, and, and so I'm, I'm in this moment, and, and I'm like, God, come on, seriously, like, why? What is going on? So, so I come back home, and I get my car to the to the Pikes Collision place, and they're looking at the front bumper, and they're like, okay, hey, we got to get you a new front bumper. And now we're seeing some other things that are happening. Well, if you've got a Jeep, you'll understand that you want bigger tires. You want it lifted. You want it you don't, want, you don't want the milk truck. You want, you want a rough and tumble Jeep. Like, you want a jolly the room, people go, that's a bad Jeep right there. Okay, so I have all these, I have these lists of things, right? These are things that I want to eventually put on the Jeep. So, so, so I go and they total the bumper. Well, what does that do? That allows me to buy the bumper I wanted. You know, the one, the big metal one with the big bully bar on the front of it? Like, I put lights on it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'm going to have it anyway. I'm going to put a winch in that thing. I don't even know what I'm going to pull. I'm just going to pull something. Hook my wife's van and just drag it down the road. Come on, babe, let's go. (laughs) I I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but we're gonna do something with it, okay? So, so I go to the place, Liz, and said, "Listen, if you do this and this and this, you can go order the bumper, bring it back to us, we'll put the new bumper on it." Oh, hello. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. on. Uh, See, y'all, y'all, y'all don't don't even worship God when you get a good close parking space. Amen. Um. So then, so then I I call them again. They said, "Well, listen, it looks like you've blown out the back shocks to your car, which means there's some suspension problems with the Jeep now." So what we decided is we're gonna just cash you out for that so you can go apply that to the lift kit that you want for your Jeep. Hold up, I got hit. And I was mad I got hit. But then God showed up. I said, see, Brian, if you just keep your mind right and your attitude correct and you walk with me, I'll take what, the, what you thought was something bad and I'll make it something really cool. And I'll give you the blessings and I'll bring the desires of your heart. Yes, those are desires of my heart. Well, Pastor, that's not spiritual desire, a new bumper and a bigger lift on your. Yes, it is. That is Jesus right there. I went over to Sean's shop the other day and saw two of my tires. I ain't even got the whole five yet. I rolled them out to the side of my gym. I was like, oh, yeah yeah we put monster truck tires on that bad boy no look listen what i'm trying to say is is that i hit i got hit you you saw that as pain and as a struggle and yes i'm 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 dissatisfied with what happened in the moment but here's the truth of it god's moving through the midst but here's what i had to sacrifice my attitude my anger my frustration my issues in myself and say step aside and say god what you got in the middle of this I had to back away from the situation. The problem is we don't want to back away because we want to tell God how to operate in the midst of calamity. Let me help you this real quick. Your life as a believer is not dependent on what you get from him. It's dependent on what you give to him. Can I say that one more time? And maybe you'll write that down in your notes. Your life as a believer is not dependent on what you get from him. It's dependent on what you give to him. What else does God have to do in your life to get you, all, get you where you need to be? Right. Well, I, I, I need God to do this. And I need God to do this. And I need, I need. Have you ever noticed that all the things we tell God he needs to do is materialistic? Yeah. It's to satisfy our flesh rather than to satisfy his kingdom. We do not ask God to do things that build the kingdom. We ask God to do things that build ourselves. Therefore, we lack sacrifice. I think this even shows up on sometimes how we view church. That we evaluate church on the basis of what we can get out of it, rather than what we can get from it. And what it delivers to us. Well, I I don't want to go to that church. Why do you want to go to that church? I, I just, you know, I just, I don't like the preaching. He's too crazy for me. He's too loud. He shouts too much. He talks too loud. I'm more into the reverence of, you know, the, Everything needs to be quiet and kumbaya. And the worship's too loud. And I don't know why Pastor Ben ran from behind the keyboard and was jumping around like he lost his ever-loving mind. I mean, he just... I don't... I don't, I don't what is. So did you read your Bible lately? David says he danced before the Lord. And he says, if you think this is crazy, give me five minutes. I'll show you undignified. Turn me down just a little bit. Sound man. I'm rolling in my ears a little bit. Uh, 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 worship. He says, if, if you don't cry out, the rocks will outcry you. Like there, there's not, there's not this, there's not this weirdness of this. This Bible, the Bible declares all of these things. It says the, the righteous are bold as lions. When was the last time you saw a bold lion go meow? When was the last time you saw that happen? When was the last time you saw a rumor? Oh, come on. That's that's what happens. The prophet said it's like fire set up in my bones. Why is it that we don't want the fire in our bones anymore? We just want to see the fire, but we don't want to receive the fire. (laughs) It's good to watch somebody else, but I don't really want that. We're not willing to step into those places and sacrifice our own flesh and our own agendas and our own thoughts and our own Limitations and step into what God's telling us to do. Like when, when, when you feel compelled to lift your hands, but you're afraid to because you're afraid what somebody else is gonna think. Well, here's the problem. You're, you haven't stepped into sacrifice yet because you're still concerned what other people think rather than what God is pulling out of you. We come into church and we go, I don't like this church. I, it's not big enough for me. It's too small for me. It's this and that. I don't like the kids church. I don't like this. What does God want in this? So here's my question when people go, Pastor, I think we're going to leave the church. I think we're going to go to another church. I think I feel that we feel that God is our time is up. And this is always my question. While you were here, did the spirit of God speak to you? Oh, yes, Pastor. Every week God spoke. Man, it was powerful. Man, did, did, did God move in your family? Man, our family is more blessed today than ever before. Man, okay. Did, did did you receive the word? Did you grow in what was preached in this house? And was the worship did the worship minister to you and allow you to step into a great... man? Pastor, I'm telling you, every Sunday was powerful. And why are you going? Well, I, I just, I, 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 well, you know, I like that church down the road. They got the comfy seats, those theater seats. You know what I'm talking about? Those theater seats. Now, kids' church is way bigger than yours. And, and, you know, and, and, and I like I like the, I like the, I like the, the, the moving lights and the, and the, ooh, and, and the, see, all that appeases the flesh. We have lights, but you don't see me worry about it all the time. Why? Because what is it really about? It's about the move of God, not the move of a motion light. It's not about the goosebumps. It's not about whether I turn the AC up and affect the room, make it hot so you can feel like what hell feels like, like. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, those things happen. And for some reason, we, we make our decisions on a church based on what appeases our flesh, not whether or not God is moving. Not whether God is shifting and moving in that house. But in this season, there is a new kind of sacrifice, and it operates under the new covenant. And that is you becoming a living sacrifice. It's you and it's me. We are to place ourselves on the altar before God as an offering to him. Listen, the Bible doesn't require dead sacrifices anymore. He requires living sacrifices. This is essential to our walk as believers, especially in this hour. Because in the book of Amos, he says, Stop your songs, stop your offerings. I will not accept them because your hearts aren't right. Amen. Psalm fifty-one seventeen says it this way. The sacrifice of God are these things. A broken spirit and a contrite heart, a broken spirit, and a contrite heart. In other words, you die, he lives. Your ways die, his way lives. But see, we don't want to commit to that because his ways, although they are greater than yours, they're tougher than yours. For narrow is the pathway to heaven, wide is the gateway to hell. But this morning, I want to take this one second section of Scripture. We're only going to deal with verse 1 today. I'll deal with verse 2 next week. I want to deal with verse 1 this morning for the sake of time. Turn back in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And let me break this down for you because I think if we see this a little bit better, we'll understand what God is wanting from us. God does not, I'm going to say this to you, it's going to blow your mind. God doesn't want your church attendance. He wants your life. Church is the byproduct of true sacrifice. But you've, we've made church our sacrifice. The alarm clock's off. I got to go to church. <laughs> I'm so tired. Like that, that's, that's like the issue in, in the south down here some way, some places. It's like, it's like, well, I go to church. That's enough. I mean, I sacrifice. I mean, pastor makes me miss the saints' kickoff every Sunday, and I'm, I've had enough. Drew Brees is not at the gates getting you in, Jack. And I don't care what team you, ser- you, you serve. I didn't mean to say it that way, but that's how it came out. I don't care what team you serve. Those teams are not going to usher you into the gates of heaven. God will. And what you make a sacrifice for, God will reward you. Maybe, maybe the reason your team's not winning, maybe your team's not in the playoffs, because you could trying to run out of church to get to your game. So I'm not going to give you those desires, Jack. All right, 12-1, I'm just playing. I'm messing with you. Don't get offended. I remember one Sunday I talked trash about the saints, and my wife's a diehard saints fan. And a guy walked up to me and said, I love you, Pastor, but I'm mad at you right now. I know he was, he was serious. He was dead serious. Look at me like he was about to kill me. He's like, I'm, I'm mad at you right now. I'm like, why? He goes, you talked about the saints. I said, bro, I talked more about God than I did the saints. That didn't get to you? Nope. He never came back to the church after that Sunday. Well, praise the Lord for him. I don't know what the I couldn't help him at that point. Got your 12-1 again? Back in there? Good. He says, therefore, I urge you. Now, when he says, I urge you, what does that mean? That means with intense movement, yeah. persuasion, with a loud voice. Right. I urge you, brothers and sisters. Now, we missed this one because he's speaking to other believers. He's not speaking to the non-believer. Right. He's speaking to people who understand God and understand his principles and his placement in the word. They understand who God is. Everybody in the room understand who God is. We're all on the same page? The Alpha the Omega, the creator of everything. Anybody want to argue that point with me right now? Let me know. Okay, good. So we understand who God is. And he says he says, "I urge you, brothers and sisters, which what he's saying is, is that this sacrificial space happens, happens once you've accepted God. It's not before you accept God. True sacrifice and the understanding of sacrifice comes when you have a heart knowledge of God, not when you have a mind knowledge of what you want. Because it is hard to sacrifice to a thing that you don't know. And so he he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, so I'm telling you this in this moment. I urge you, believers in God, to listen to what was about to be said. Because he goes on to the next verse, he said, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. When you present my fat, Pastor, what you talking about? Present my muscles, what you want? You want my bones, you want my ligaments? What is it you want? He says, present your bodies. He is not talking about your physical body, he is talking about your vessel. Yeah. He says, present your vessel, dedicating every part of it. In other words, you cannot ask God to fill you and then fill it with other things and call yourself full. It is a full-blown commitment to God. It is saying, God, here I am. Here's my life. It's empty. It has nothing left. And if it does, wipe it clean because I don't want anything tainting what you're about to put in. Now, that's hard because we want what we want. But for some reason, our thought process says that our ways are higher than his. Our plans are better than his. Our thoughts are greater than his. What we want is better than what he wants for us. If you will convince yourself or get to the point where you understand that God really has a better way than yours, I'm telling you, I'm living proof of it that God's plan is better than mine. Anybody ever been homeless? I have. Lack of better term, that sucks. It's horrible. But then I realized why I was homeless. Oh, Pastor, you were homeless because you went through a bad season. No, I, went, I was homeless because I didn't sacrifice my life to the Lord. Because I chose something that God had tried to drag me away from, and I kept running back to it. Oh, you want me to break it down for you, you and break down for you? I was dating a girl that it was a Delilah, a Jezebel, and God kept telling me to run, and I was like, no, no. but God, that's the promise. And God says, that is not the promise of your life. That is not who I intended for you. And I kept running back. And the more I ran back, the more things crumbled. God says, see, you haven't given me you yet. You've only given me what you want to give me. And I can't fill half of a vessel. I can't fill, I can't pour into a vessel that has no side. I need the fullness of it. Why is it that we're so afraid to present ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice? Why are we so afraid to bring ourselves, dedicating ourselves to God? Because we are not willing to be a living sacrifice. The more I started studying this word, the more I kept getting back into the storyline of Abraham and Isaac. Y'all know the story of Abraham and Isaac. God had given Abraham a son named Isaac. This was actually a, a, a child that, that they didn't expect to come. And, and then he had been raising, up, raising him up as a boy. And, and then one day God says, I need, you to take Ab- I need you to take Isaac up to the altar and sacrifice him. Now, if you read your Bible, do you ever notice that Abraham never argues with God? Not one time. Not one time does he argue. He looks at Isaac and says, Son, gather stuff together, we've got to go up yonder to worship. Now here's the truth of it sacrifice, true sacrifice is a form of worship, it's not a form of an opinion. So Abraham grabbed Isaac and he took him up to the altar and he and he got him there. And I and I remember reading in the story, it's he says, he says, Dad, we, we've, got, we've got the logs, we've got the fire, but where's the, where's the lamb? And what does he say? What does he say on the way up? He says, God will provide. God will provide. Do you understand how hard of a thought that is to think that God might require of you your child? Like I thought about this one day. I said, what would I do if God said, hey, Brian, I need you to go sacrifice Judah? First of all, God, we're going to have a conversation because I need some strong clarity here. And I'm probably going to argue just a little bit because I don't understand. Because I don't understand why you would ask him to do that because you became the sacrifice. But but God, and, and here's the truth of it. God would never require that from you, but he does. What do, what do you mean? He, he, he asks for you to give him, give them back. That's where we do dedication for us because that's giving God back what he's given us. We're saying, God, he's yours, not mine. I'm just a steward of it in this season. And so the truth be told is, is that God has asked me, son, Brian, I need you to sacrifice Judah. What do you mean? I mean, I need you to not put your ways in him and let him find my ways. Don't make him you make him mine. Let me be his God. You stop trying to be his God. Don't be his king. Let me be his king. And, 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 and so he says, he says, listen, by the mercy of God, I need you to present your bodies. When was the last time you went before God and said, God, fill me, not fill my wife, not fill my kids, not fill this church, not fill somebody else, not touch somebody else or smite somebody else, but God, do into me what you need to do. Here I am, God. Do whatever you got to do. Put yourself on the operating table and say, God, here I am. Cut what you need to cut, even if it hurts. God, whatever's in me, take it out. No, we don't do it anymore because God, God, see this piece right here? I don't like that piece. So I'll put that one on the altar. Okay, here, here's a good one for you. Here's a, here's a good one for you. How many times have we run to the altar and laid sin at the altar? Well, I'm gonna go put my sacrifice here. God, here's my sin. God, here's my marriage. God, here's my kids. God, here's my money. What if I told you none of that mattered until you climbed upon the altar? What if I told you none of those things matter? Well, pastor, I'm a giver. Let me help you with something. Your seed means nothing if you haven't sacrificed yourself. Because here's the truth of it. If you're sowing seed without being sacrificed, you don't trust the power of the seed. You don't even think there's going to be a harvest for it. You're just going through the motions. But when you have sacrificed your life to the things of God, become that body that is sacrificed, living, acceptable, holy. When you call yourself. (sighs) God, I don't understand why I'm here again. Because Brian, I require things of you. But God, I brought you my stuff. I didn't want your stuff. I wanted you. The stuff was in the way to get to you. Yes, you had to bring it to me, but you never caught up on the altar. And you wonder why you kept dealing with sin? You wondered why you couldn't break free from the struggles of your past? You keep bringing me your past, but you won't bring me you. And all I ever wanted was you. I never said I just wanted your stuff. I said I wanted you. Get on that table and let me do my work so that when you get back up from it, you don't fall back into it. You want to break sin out of your life? Sacrifice yourself. Stop sacrificing your stuff. God doesn't care about your stuff. He wants you. But God, you don't understand it. It's supposed to hurt, Jack. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be comfortable. But God says, listen, I want the sin from you, but I want your life more than I want your sin. I don't need a room of sins. I need a room of believers. I'm filling heaven not with sin. I'm filling heaven with kingdom-minded believers who desire to see me move in a way that no one else expects. I want something greater. I just want you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For Christ did not come to condemn the world but to save your sin. Mm-mm. He came to blot out your sin and save you. I've learned something over the years. When well, my marriage is not where I want it to be, I got to go get back on the altar. I got to sacrifice me. But, but it's her fault. It's Pastor, we know it's not you. You're the holy one. She's not. I'm only saying that because she's not in the room right now, but she's watching, I'm sure. I'll hear about it when I get home. But the truth be told is, is that People go, no, it can't, it can't be the pastor. No, it can be. I'm flesh. I'm human. I make mistakes. I don't do it right all the time. But I have to be willing to sacrifice this vessel so that God can fill me up with what he wants, not with what I want. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, believers in the room, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Can I ask you this? Please stop presenting half of a vessel and expecting to be filled. Well, I'll give you just enough, God. I'll give you just—you know, God. I know you require this from me, but I'm—I don't—I'm not comfortable with that. Can can I just take it this far? If you're not comfortable with it, and you're not comfortable with the fullness of it, you can't be comfortable with a portion of God and say you're comfortable with God. You have to be comfortable with the fullness of God. That's like saying, God, can I just have these scriptures, but I don't want the other ones. I want the blessings, but I don't want the curses. I want the promises, but I don't want the requirements. I don't want the accountability. I just want to have what I want. And God goes, nope, if you can't have all of it, you can't have me. So when we talk about sin, and what sin is not talked about in the church anymore because, you know, sin is the taboo conversation. We don't talk about sin. We don't talk about repentance because that's weird stuff. We don't talk about holiness. We don't even talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't talk about it. It's like the book of Acts disappeared out of the Bible. Like, no, don't, don't read that book. Don't read that part. That's for those weird people. It's in here. If I rip that out, does the Bible still have its power? If I take the book of Acts out of the Bible and I hand you a Bible, is it full? No, No, it's missing. But yet we've taken pieces out, why? Because it's easier to conform our flesh to what we want rather than conform our spirit to what he desires from us. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart, set apart, set apart, that means not to be apart. Not to be with the crowd. Not to conform to the world, but to be different. Yeah. I like being different. I do. We were walking through. A, uh, we had to go to Home Depot yesterday because we were doing some work here at the building. And Pastor Troy and I were walking through. And, and y'all know Pastor Troy. Sometimes I think Pastor Troy is a little more louder than I am. Amen. And, um, and so we're walking through. And this gentleman comes around the aisle. And everybody's masked up. And you can't see facial expressions. But, but this gentleman said, hey, how are you? And Pastor Troy said, hey, how are you? And he's like, man, I'm blessed. And blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden Pastor Troy turns the corner. And out loud, he goes, praise God. And I caught myself looking to see who listened. I was like, I wanna see what everybody did because that, that just freaked out the room with some people. They're like, oh Lord, he's one of those. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm wearing my big love, God, love people. That shirt causes more looks, man. You walking in there like, yes, I love God and I love you. You don't love me. Yeah, I do. It, 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 it's this space like, like, are you really committed or, or do you not put a house sticker on your car because you're afraid you flip off too many people? or you got too much road rage, or you don't put that Jesus saves on that sticker because Jesus is still saving you. <laughs> Come on, work with me for a second. Nah, no, I'm not. Hey, look, I'll go, I'll pray, I'll pray, but, but pastor, I'm just gonna carry my cell phone Bible because I don't want people to see me actually have a Bible because that, that just calls me out. Yeah, okay. Back when we could go to Starbucks, You know, where we go sit in Starbucks and hang out at Starbucks and do all those great things. I used to go sit there. It was my secondary office, and I used to go sit there because I get tired of sitting in my office sometimes. And So I go sit there to work, and I also did it because I like being around people. And so I get there, I bring my backpack, I pull my laptop out, I pull my stuff out, I bring this. For some reason, I always caught myself not just going, here, let me. I'd, like, take that thing, hold it about four feet, and be like. (laughs) Everybody in the room go. (laughs) Yep, he's one of those. Yes, I am. Here's what's crazy. The more I pulled it out, the more people talk to me. Amen. Hey, can, can I talk to you? Yeah, what's going on? I saw your Bible. Oh, yes, you did. What you want to know? What you want to talk about? Man, I've been going through some stuff, man. Can we, can we just, yeah, let's talk. Let me show you what the word says. Then we end up praying with them, and then God ends up doing a word. Like this, what I'm saying is, is that we're not willing to set ourselves apart anymore. We want to be apart, we want to be accepted, not acceptable. <laughs> We want the world to see us, but we don't care if God doesn't see us. God, I know you love me, but, you know, today's not the day for me to return that favor. Today's my day. Today I'm going to get what I want. We'll get to you later. Now, see, that's what we do. And he says, I need you dedicating all of yourself, set apart as a what? As a living, breathing, moving, functioning, dwelling sacrifice. I need you to present yourself as a living sacrifice. Because if you'll be a living sacrifice, others who watch you will not be afraid to do what you're doing. How many of you in this room want God to use you? Okay, I'm going to give you the precursor. If sacrifice is not a part of your life, God will not. Because you are not a vessel he can fill. Some of us in this room, and I'm going to say this with love and all respect. Some of us in this room are dabbling in sin right now. You got both feet in hell, yet you sit in this room. And God says, I can't move until you lay you down. Why did Abraham, why was it so easy for Abraham to give up Isaac? Because Abraham knew the power of the altar and the power of the sacrifice. That's right. Abraham knew what sacrifice was all about. So when God said, give me Isaac, he was like, there you go. Yeah. Now I'm going to say this to you because I want to go one step further. Some of you are com- comfortable with hell. It's like a vacation place for you. I don't like the cold, I like hell. Because we've been conditioned now to accept hell we prove it to you. There's more demonic activity on movies during Halloween ever than ever before. And yet we're totally sensitized to just desensitized just to watch it and be like, ah, it's not that big a deal. It's just on the TV. But what you put in your eye gate becomes part of what dwells inside of your spirit. I'm trying to help you. I I know that, Pastor, you didn't... Why you got to go here? Why you got to deal with my stuff? Because that's what I've come to do. I've come to disrupt your your stuff. So in this space of dealing with this, in this space of moving forward, he says, I need you to, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourself, set apart as a living sacrifice. Here it comes. Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent... Act of worship. Can I translate for just a moment? He says, be a living sacrifice. Stop trying to bring me the dead stuff. Bring me the living things. Stop bringing me your dead things. I already killed those things. If you keep picking them up, it's because you like dead things. Let the dead things die. Just let them die. Stop picking them up. But Pastor, I don't know why I keep going back to them. I don't know why I can't get away from it. I don't know why I can't quit looking at pornography. I don't know why I can't keep cheating, quit cheating. I don't know why my life isn't right. I don't know why it's not working. It's because an altar doesn't exist in your home. And sacrifice is not on your schedule. But yet you tell God to sacrifice everything he is to get what you want. And God says, time out, enough is enough. For the next move of God, those who sacrifice themselves, those are the ones I'm picking. Those are the ones I'm choosing. Those are the ones I'm using. So do not get mad in this season if God doesn't use you. Don't come to me and go, Pastor, you didn't pick me. Why didn't you pick me? This is not a game of kickball, Jack. This is not Red Rover, Red Rover, send you on over. This is not Mother May I. This is not Tag, you it. This is the move of God. And if you want God to use you, you better go to him. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing. That means I got to be perfect. Uh-uh, it means you need to come broken and contrite and be willing to allow God to do what he wants to do and not what you want him to do. Holy and well-pleasing says, God, here I am. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I got to trust you. And hey, God, there's some cracks on the inside of me. There's some broken chips that are missing. And I know it's not the way you wanted me to be, but this is who I am. But I'm going to call up on that altar and I'm going to sacrifice who I am. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to fix me and to mend me and to heal me so that I might be seen as holy and acceptable not to my neighbors not to my co-workers not to my spouse not to my children but to you i want to be holy and acceptable to him i don't want to be holy and acceptable to my wife i don't want to be holy and acceptable to my children that makes them my god hello i want god to see me and go in him i'm well pleased I want God to see me and go, that's my boy. I know he seeks me. And yes, he might not be perfect, but daily he comes after me. He has a heart after me. And I am going to speak to him. And I'm going to lead him. And I'm going to guide him. And because he is willing to be corrected. Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational. I like the way it says that, rational. In other words, if we're not willing to sacrifice, then we're irrational. Irrationality comes... Out of a desire for more of you rather than more of him. You only think irrationally when you feel like you're not getting what you deserve. And he says, this is your rational, logical, intelligent, wisdom, act of worship. You think this is your act of worship? No, let me prove it to you, let me prove it to you. Because on Monday, when it's time to worship, you don't do this anymore. Sacrifice does not happen when everyone's looking. Sacrifice happens when no one else but God sees. Sacrifice says, I am willing to lay sin down, not just on Sundays, but on every day of the week. Sacrifice says I'm willing to live acceptable and holy before my God, not before man. I'm willing to lay down. I'm willing to walk away. I'm willing to cast off those things that are behind me and press on towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. For the one who's calling me upward, I'm willing to walk away from my past. I'm not going to keep calling my past and wonder why I'm stuck. I just don't understand why I'm depressed all the time. Because you keep calling those people that cause depression in your life back into your life. Hello? Burn the black book. It's not helping you. I just want to see what they're doing on social media. Dummy, God saved you from it. Don't go back to it. Amen. Leave it alone. But God, but God, I want it back. No, you don't. You want your flesh back, not your salvation back. Get your life right. Let God fill it up with the right stuff, not the wrong stuff. When I was dating that Delilah in Tampa, Florida. I had no idea. I was stupid, I was dumb. She was older than me. I thought she was fine. had no idea that Tiffany existed. Then I saw her and I went, what was I thinking? That was not the, but I had to be willing to watch. I had to be willing to leave a state because God told me to leave a state. Pack up everything of mine. Leave everything behind and trust him completely. I came here with a car that had a motor that sounded like a lawnmower engine. And it only started when the sun went down. <laughs> Don't ask me how, but if the sun was out, that engine would not turn over. But as soon as the sun went down and the engine cooled down, whoo, there it went. Sound like you were driving a lawnmower down the doggone street. But I had it, and I came here with it, told that sucker behind a U-Haul car, got here for three days and went, dead. what do I do now, God? God moved on the hearts of somebody in the church who actually owned cars and calls me and says, hey, I got a car for you, come get it today. Who would have thought he was going to bring me a two-year-old Mustang with everything in it with no governor on the engine, praise the Lord. Some of you car guys know exactly what I'm talking about. 5.0, I'm like, boom, okay, we're good. All right, Uh, you you just, but you had to be willing to leave. And so so then I get to Louisiana and I'm here for, for nine months and then what comes? Katrina, God, I could have stayed in Tampa and died. But I brought you here. God, I didn't see this. I know you didn't, but I did. Because I'm going to use this time to get a hold of you. I'm going to use this time to show you who I really am. So I'm going to take you through positions. I'm going to take you through places and show you things. And then I'm going to bring you into a hair salon. And I'm going to show you your wife. And she's not going to know it yet, but you're going to know it. And then I'm going to start talking to her. And I know you thought you are never going to be married, never going to have kids, but then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you two together within a year. And then you're going to have your first child, and you're going to have four kids, and you're going to have a house. You're going to have a church. You never saw all this, Brian, but, but you were willing to leave Tampa and move to Louisiana. God, I don't, what I'm saying is, is that sometimes you've got to be willing to step out of your shell and step into his. Sometimes you got to step out of what's convenient to you and step into what's convenient for him. And listen, I know it feels like you're losing something, but I promise you, you're gaining so much more. I have peace like a river. I have an amazing, and yes, they drive me nuts, and I know I drive them nuts. I ask my kids today, do you think I'm tough? They're like, yep. I went, praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Okay, like, I, I know that we don't always have it perfect, but at the same time, at the, at the end of the day, what I do understand is that I had never made the sacrifice. Can I just say this to you? And I think I said this last week, but I want to say it again. Had I never made the sacrifice, I'd have never seen you. Did you do you understand what that does to me? You don't understand what that does to me because I didn't see this when I moved to Louisiana. I saw a youth group and doing youth group and having fun with youth. Then I got tired of youth. I love youth. I got youth, but I'm saying I got tired of doing the youth thing. Then God says, start a church. God, come on. No, I, I like the youth crafter thing. That's a guaranteed paycheck. I'm good. I go in there, work with the church, do youth group. I'm good with it. I can enjoy it. This It's fun for me. You lift your hands in the air, waving like you just don't care. Like, yeah, we can do this all day. But then God says, no, I want you to start a church. God, no, why me? Because I called you. Then he wouldn't let me sleep, maybe sit up for four hours at night, until four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, writing stuff about church. God, I just want to sleep. I need you to sacrifice. Not realizing that you would be here. That some of you were never here for the beginning, but you're here now. Do you understand what I'm trying to show you? When you're willing to present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God, God says, I'll do things for you you can't even see. And I'll do them so big you can't even stop it. We're just scratching the surface, baby. You think this room's going to hold what God wants to do? But here's the truth of it. If God's going to do it in this room, it starts in me. I'm the shepherd in this house. I'm the pastor of this house. And that's not my title. I don't walk around going, I'm the pastor. That's not me. No, it's not me. What I'm saying is, is that God says to me, Brian, until you're, being holy, until you're willing to be a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, don't ever expect them to do it. Because as the head goes, so goes the body. So you have to start in you. So what I expect to happen in this house has to start in me. But if I do it more, then it's okay for you to do it. See, this is how this works. Because when you start to see God move, you go, wait, 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 wait. The Bible says what he does for one, he'll do for another. There's no respecter of persons. So wait a minute, If, if pa- I could do that too. It's not going to kill you. We have to desire to become a living sacrifice. Next week, I'm going to give you the benefits of the sacrifice. Everybody stand to your feet. It'd be very easy for me to keep going because I'm long-winded, amen. And I don't apologize for that, so if you don't like that, I'm going to tell you. But when I feel it, I'll, I'll go there, but sometimes I don't. And tonight, today, I just feel like I need to let you sit on this. This one thought. Am I willing to be a living sacrifice? holy? And well-pleasing or acceptable to God. Am I willing to present a full vessel, not what's convenient? Pastor, is it that serious? Oh, it's that serious. Out of all the things I've been listening to, or other things I've been praying about, all things God's been speaking to me over the last six days, I can't express to you how deep this is in me. That it's no longer about you laughing and being entertained and having fun in church. Here's what it's about. That the God that I serve is exalted, glorified, and those that are far from him will come running to him. Nothing else. In every fiber of everything that we do from this point forward, and at the end of this month, you're going to get to hear all the great stuff we're going to launch this year and things that are coming. Some of you have been praying for and believing God for, and I've been believing for, and we're excited about all the great doors that are about to open and ministry stuff and growth, and I'm just pumped. But but God says, Brian, I can't do it without vessels. this This isn't a sin altar thing going on right now. This is a vessel altar thing going on right now. Where's your vessel at? Have you put it up on the shelf? Pull it down for Sunday so you can present it to God? Like, God, I got my vessel. Look, I'm here. Or is it something that you carry because daily you want him to fill it to overflow? Now, some of you in this room might tell me, Pastor, I don't want God to fill me. Your heart's been hardened. I don't know why it's been hard, I don't know what you've gone through, but I'm going to tell you something without a shadow of a doubt. God loves you so much. His desire is not to dictate over you. His desire is to love you like a father. His desire is to demonstrate that love. And whatever has hardened you towards committing to him, I pray today that that fallow ground be broken up. This is not about your sin today. This is about you. You want to break sin? Bring you. You want to break addiction? Bring you. Stop bringing your stuff. Bring you. Let him fill you. And once he fills you, those things subside. If I take a bowl and I put a bunch of Coke in it and I fill it up with Coca-Cola and then I start pouring water into it, eventually the Coca-Cola rides to the top and pours out and all that's left is the clear water. But you got to let him keep pouring in. But you got to present him the vessel. Even if it's filled with bad stuff, you got to present it. God, I know what's in there. I know that's not of you, but I know you can get it out. So I'm not presenting you my sin. I'm presenting you me. And if you've got to take that vessel because it's that busted up and destroy it so that I can be made new, then I'm willing to do it. And I know it's going to be tough and I know I'm going to have to change. But God, I would rather have you and make it to heaven than have the world and run into hell. It's no more about talking to you about how cute it is to be a believer. It's one decision, heaven or hell, righteousness or unrighteousness. Where are you going? Well, I just wanted to come to church today, Pastor. Choose you, this day, whom you'll serve. Serve God. Serve man. You choose. Can I just say this to you one more thing, and then I'm gonna probably somewhere close. I have learned to make my family happy. Huh. I had to stop serving my family and start serving God. Because it's out of my serving God that gives me the heart to serve my family. So many times we are serving our families based on the appeasement of feeling good about ourselves. I need the accolades, I need the feel, because I need to know I'm doing a good job as a dad. God says, you need to know you're doing a good job as my son, that's enough. And once you know that, great father, great husband, great brother great uncle whatever you need to be the greatness in you will because of because of the greatness of me in you but we're always chasing to be great without god and god says no no no. that's not how this is going to work anymore now i said in the beginning of this all you said we're believers we're believers i hope right now some of you are being checked right now am i really where i say i am Am I really, am I really committed? Am I really sold out? Or have I just been playing the game? Because if you've been playing the game, this is not a point, a moment to hurt you. This is a moment to bring salvation to you. So you stand in this place without any heads bowed, without any eyes closed. Pastor, I don't want anybody to look at me. That's the problem. You ain't really sacrificed yet. You're afraid what people might think. You Stand in this room right now and you say, Pastor, there's things in my life that are not of God. And I need them out today and I'm not ashamed to say I'm not perfect, but I'd rather be a vessel, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing and acceptable to God, not holy, not pleasing to everyone else. If that's you in this place, say, Pastor, I got things in my life. I'm not even saying it, I'm saying stuff. Whatever it is, you know what it is. If you say, that's me, Pastor, I got stuff in my life. I need it out. Will you just lift both hands and say, I got it. You see where my hands are, right? Pastor, you raising your hands right now? Yeah. Because I know who I am in the flesh. And I know who I am in the spirit. But I know there are days where my flesh likes to ride over, try to override my spirit, man. See, there has to come a point that we, even as believers, are willing to say, hey, I'm not perfect. God, I got some things I'm needing you to take out. Like okay, I've learned over the last six days that I got some stuff. God's like, I need this out of you. Okay. For real? Yeah, I need this out of you. I need, this, I need this to stop. I know you don't mean anything by it, but I need this to stop. You can't talk like that anymore. And for those of you trying to speculate what I do with my mouth, is he cursing? Is he? No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm saying things that God's saying, listen, that's not the vessel I'm trying to pour into. I need you to change the way you're speaking that. Stupid things like this, like, like, like calling, telling my kids they're crazy. I don't mean it as a joke. But God says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you speak into existence can become a reality. Stop speaking those things that are not in my word. Don't say it. Yeah. Brian, I need you to pray over your kids every day. I need you to pray over your wife every day. Every day, every day I need you to pray for them. Every day I need you to pray for them. But God, I need you to pray for them. Before I pray for them, yes. In fact, Brian, I don't even want you to pray for you. God told me over the next 21 days said, do not pray for yourself one time because it's not about you. You're about to find out what an altar lifestyle looks like. A sacrificial life looks like one that is more about the success of others than it is the success of themselves. I got to lay it all down. Come on, you're in this room. You got tired. You got to put your hands back down. I saw you. You're like, oh God, pastor, come on, let us go. No, get it back up. I got some stuff. Here's the great part. Some of y'all are like, oh, God, I got some stuff and God's mad. No. You know what heaven's doing right now? Woo! They're pumped right now. He's like, God, they're getting it. Look, look, they're ready to commit. They're ready to commit to your ways, not their own. Look, God, there still is a remnant in the earth. There's ones that will abandon their agendas and willing to accept yours. So with those hands lifted. One accord. I want you to say this after me today. I give my life as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to you, O God. God, there's some things in me. I know you don't like today I commit those things to you because I want to be a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to you God take away my inadequacies my frustrations my aggravations Touch my mouth, heal my mind, touch my heart. God, I want to be a vessel that you can use. Today, I renounce the spirit of sin completely. God, I make covenant with you today that I will not go back and pick it up. Today, I'm declaring freedom, liberty in my life. No more sin. Today is my day of freedom. Just let it sit because it's resting right now. It's healing right now. Some of you that were so hurt by things, God's healing you right now. The Bible says it's a balm in Gilead. Is there healing in the house? father in this house I want you to lift both hands every father if you're a father in this room with both hands lifted as high as it go if you have kids I want you both hands lifted right now I declare this over you this will be the moment that shifts your house for as of this day you shall be the priest and king of your home for every father that's in this room, if you have a thought in your mind right now that you have failed as a father, I break that thought on the inside of you. I cast that thought and that imagination to die. And I declare over every man, every husband in this house that you are a father who is seeking the father. And as long as you seek the father, you will be great at what God has given you. Father, I speak a, loose, a loosing of the pains of the past the mistakes of the past. Lift up your head, O ye gates. See who this King of glory is, the Lord God, strong and mighty. It's time that the men roar again. Men, I want, fathers, I want you to say this after me. Say, I am a man. uh uh-uh, that wasn't all y'all. Say it again. Say, I'm a man. after God God. not of God God. I'm a man man. after God God. help me me. to to be that man mothers raise your hands I like this moment I learned something years ago Women, I wish us as men had what you have with the Father. <laughs> we understand the bravado of God. We understand the her of God. But you understand the heart of God. And I've always, I've been like, God, I'm, oh, I wish. He said, Brian, I couldn't give you all of it. He said, that's why I brought a wife to you so she could be the helpmate, so you could see it. Mom's, I am? Mm-mm. Oh, it's such an assignment of the enemy. Say it, women. Say, I am. am. Come on, one more time. I am. am. Say it again. Say, I am. am. Not Not what they said I am. Say, I am. am. Not Not who I think I am. Say, I am a daughter of the most high God. I do not have an orphan spirit. I am my daddy's daughter. Say this, say it, God. Come on, every woman in this place, don't look at me. And say, God has a plan for my life. And I will not miss it. I am a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. outside of the mothers and fathers. Well, let me do one more thing. I break the visual assignment of the enemy off of every woman in this house that would be distracted by what they see in the mirror and be displeased by the creation that God made you to be. I bind the assignment of the enemy that says you have to be somebody that you're not according to popular cultural opinions. I declare in the name of Jesus that a boldness will rise up in every woman in this house that understands that they are who God created them to be and will find satisfaction in understanding that God does not make mistakes. That He fails not. Every other man and woman that did not raise their hands because I asked for the fathers and the mothers first, lift your hands so you want me to hurry up and go home I can't, God's moving I can't, I can't, I can't sacrifice your time saints don't play till 340 anyway get over it but I'm hungry be hungry for the things of God God will fill your bellies with food later come on, lift your hands I'm talking talking to you young adults you teenagers come on there's a new season happening you're going to have to get up shake yourself loose who cares what they said who cares who didn't accept you? You're the righteousness of God. You're a living sacrifice. You're purposed and planned. You're predestined by God. Not fatalism, but you're predestined. God has a picture of you in heaven. A plan and a purpose for you. And He wants to see that picture painted here on earth. Every teenager, every young adult, every single person, I want you to lift your hands right now and say this to me. Say, I am. Mm. Say it again. Say, I am. Uh-uh, you ain't caught it yet. See, why? the moment you want to do it, you go, ah, ah. Anybody ever feel that way when you get ready to say something? Like, oh, I don't want to say it. That's the enemy trying to choke you out. Cause he's mad if you get this out something might shift so let's try this again you'll shout for a football team you'll shout for what you want when you're playing video games but you won't shout for the thing let's try this again say i am, I am. there you are god's favorite that was two of y'all say i am god's favorite that doesn't eliminate everybody else but i am his favorite he has a plan for me a purpose in the earth lift your voice i will no longer be silent in this culture i will be a voice a voice heard not a voice shut not a voice quieted i will do the will Of my Father. And I accept this purpose. I am a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Every hand lifted, last one and we're done. Do y'all feel that? Because I feel it. If you don't feel it, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I feel it. I'll give you a precursor for next week while you got your hands lifted. It says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves, not for others, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and his purpose for you. I promise you by next week, if you'll walk in this stuff, You're going to find out this year the plan and the will of God for your life and you're never going to question Him ever again. Every hand's lifted. Come on. Come on. It's only 11.59. If you need to take medicine, you now know what time it is. I am am a living, living, breathing, breathing, moving, moving, talking, talking, walking, walking, sacrifice, sacrifice, holy, and acceptable acceptable to my God, God. not to man, not to my friends, not Not even to my family members, to To God. God. Let my life life be that example example. starting Starting now Now. In in Jesus' name. Father, take us from this place today. Woo! This week's gonna be fun. I can feel it right now. This week's gonna be fun. I'm telling y'all, if y'all walk out of here today and go, oh, it's gonna be a good week, you caught nothing today. You better walk out of the man. This week's gonna be woo Y'all better wake up tomorrow morning expecting something. Father, I thank you that you go before us. That your angels encamp round about us. Father, I thank you that we're moving forward as believers. Marching forward. Holy and acceptable. Living sacrifices. Tomorrow morning, Father, we'll meet you at the altar. Tuesday morning, we'll meet you at the altar. Wednesday morning, we'll meet you at the altar. Thursday morning, we'll meet you at the altar. Friday morning, we'll meet you at the altar. Saturday, God, we'll meet you at the altar. And when we come back Sunday, Father... Let the praises of your people erupt in this house like never before so that we can present ourselves as living sacrifices. Father, we give you praise for what you've done today. I thank you for every person in this room. Father, I thank you for every visitor. And God, I pray that they'll make this place their home. Because I can't do it without them, God. God, I just want to see your name glorified in this city and in this church and in this community. Bring them home, God, so that we can reach more than we've ever reached before. I want to be used. I want to be used by you. That's our prayer today, God.